Welcome to Inside Outcast. My name's T. Elliot Garrick, the alchemist. I'll be your guest today. Welcome. Hi, uh, this is T. Elliot with the Inside Outcast. And uh, I have my friend Joey on the phone. Uh, hi, Joey. Hey, what up, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing good. There's a slight delay, so let's just get started. I have a question for you. Okay. Which is your favorite Care Bear? My favorite Care Bear? Um, wow. Yeah. Okay, first of all, it's awesome that you would even know that I would have a favorite Care Bear. And uh, what's even more awesome is that my favorite Care Bear is Grumpy Bear. And it's Grumpy Bear because I used to have a Grumpy Bear uh, stuffed animal when I was a kid. And it was like one of my favorite toys. And uh, I, I loved all the shows too. Uh, Care Bear Stare, man. Yeah. Definitely, it's Grumpy Bear though. Oh, even deeper. Are you ready? Yeah. Well, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite fucking Smurf though, dog? I didn't. I wasn't super into Smurfs, man. Uh, so I guess I don't know. Uh, Dandy was pretty interesting. I think that was his name. Right? The guy that was always in the mirror. What was his face? And I like the girl Smurf. Smurf yeah, the metrosexual. Oh, yeah. The Metro guy was cool. It was very interesting, the the character roles that they had on the Smurfs. But uh, Smurfette was kind of great, though. So who's your favorite superhero? My favorite superhero? Um, shit, dude. Like, uh, when I was younger, uh, it was like the Punisher and like I liked the I liked the soldiery kind of guys, you know, um, that were and and I always I and I liked Batman because he didn't have mutant abilities, you know. Like I liked the people that were like normal people that just were superhuman by like without like a genetic commodity or being an alien or something like that. Um, those were the ones that were really interesting to me. Uh, and they're the ones that I still like because I have I like the superhuman concept. <laughs> Sick. Okay, that's long enough. Let's uh, see how this sounds. Okay, cool. This episode of the Inside Outcast was brought to you by Dandyland Studios. Um, I can't tell you enough good things about the great people here at Dandyland Studios. I, in fact, uh, learned to record this podcast here. Um, and, you know, they specialize in teaching people how to make music um, with their iPad and mobile device and, and things like that. And um, also as well as podcasting and just recording and publishing your art in general. Um, I think that that's the goal that they have here. I mean, that's the vibe that I get um, is the purity of creation of music and, and just imagination and creativity and helping people figure out how to express that and publish that and promote that. Um, I just think it's one of the greatest gifts of all time. They offer a number of different lessons and schedules, and I think right now they even have some free lessons going on. Um, you know, there's uh, different programs and tutoring on different subjects from video production um, and editing to music editing and music production and songwriting and um, just any kind of creative generation. Um, and then also, more importantly, being able to 
do it and publish it and use it on um, your iPad or whatever platform you're trying to get it out there on. Um, I think that's important uh, that we know how to do that and do it correctly. And um, I wouldn't have been able to get all this recording done and start my podcast without Dandyland Studio, and that's 100% sure. Um, it's just the perfect setting for somebody like me. And uh, I think that it, if, if somebody needs it, they give it a shot. It's going to work for them. Hi, welcome to Inside Outcast. Um, I'm your guest, Thomas, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm here with Melissa, or known as what? The Glamour Queen in a post-apocalyptic America. The Glamour Queen in a post-apocalyptic America. Can you Mel- say that three times real fast? Yeah, the Glamour Queen in a post-apocalyptic America. Glamour Queen in post-apocalyptic America. Glamour Queen in post-apocalyptic All right, skiddly ding ding. It's all good. So, how's your day going? My day is amazing. Today. It is it? Yeah, it's sunshining, 55. I mean, you know, who knew? Life yeah. is good. Family's in town. Hey, do you have a lot of family in the area? Um, you know, I have some family, uh, not in Portland, but my mother was raised here. and My grandparents uh, lived here before they passed. Um, we are, I was born and raised in Eugene. Mm-hmm. So my mother lives down in Eugene and my brother and myself and my brother's lady, we all live in Applegate Valley, Southern Oregon. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's a bit of a commute here for you, isn't it? Yeah, I came up here specifically uh, to come to Dandyland Studio and do this podcast thing and learn how to use this and all that. So, um, What's been the most challenging part for you? The most challenging? Uh-huh. Up here uh, at no, the Dandyland? the podcast part. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I struggle, I, I struggle with the monologues. That's the thing, like sitting by myself and just talking and pontificating is good, but I always like go back and I, I tend to second guess myself. So I'll be like, oh, I didn't like that. And then instead of, I, I just figured out today because I did my first few mm-hmm. that like instead of pausing and thinking about how much I didn't like it, I need to just continue talking mm-hmm. and like talk it out. You know, and then I don't really necessarily like because my idea and platform is kind of just free form and like a live thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I don't really want to edit much stuff out because I feel like that uh, makes it lose the authenticity of the the creation here. Um, But, yeah, the most challenging part is not is just accepting that that's recorded, you know, and uh, learning how to be okay with um if i want to pause and say you know what let me let me rephrase that or let me say this differently you know instead of trying to edit it out and change it or something like that because who knows what the next five minutes that i say is gonna be if there's magic there and i don't want to try to like screw with the flow of it you know so that the accepting of that is what the struggle kind of has been today but I'm okay. Mm. But yeah, so um, I do this thing mm-hmm. for my podcast. And um, yeah, I, I would like to be interviewed by you. Okay. Yeah. I thought I was doing that already. Yeah, well, yeah, you were. But I, I wanted to, I just wanted to, to let you know that I think that that's, that's what we're going to do. That sounds like fun. Okay. I like, I like interview. I like asking people questions. Good. If it, I hope you don't feel like you're being grilled. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I, in fact, uh, that's kind of the, the idea is that, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of grilled. And if you could, if you could take the <laughs> microphone and like point it right 
right and like you talk is right that, into it, right into the tip of it. So if you can angle it, let's there, see if I got that. Is that better? Way better. Can you hear that? Okay. Oh, way better. All I, right. I might even have to turn you down a little bit. I don't know how how much we heard you in the beginning, but that's okay. Um, it's on there. It's Melissa. on there now. Melissa, yeah, it's your show. I'm the guest. Okay. 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 Well, I'm glad to hear that your commute wasn't too long because you're still in the border of Oregon. Yeah. Uh, and to come here to learn podcasting, it's such a skill. I mean, had you prepared? Have, have you had any background in media or communication before? Or was this something that you've, that was something you've always dreamed of and it just happened to be the right time at the right place? That's a great question. Um, Honestly, uh, the idea evolved from uh, through all my struggles as a youth and incarceration and whatnot and having to do all these therapy and all this crazy stuff. Not really crazy. It, it, what I realized very quickly is that um, I have great mental fortitude and mental health, like uh, the way I process things and deal with things. I like I live in the moment and I live in reality. You know, um, and I don't really hold sway to like the idea of things being good or bad. Like, I don't believe in that, really. I just think things are. And so uh, I, I always like had this passion, like I just wanted to help people and teach. Like I wanted to be when I was younger and like going through my own growth process and my struggles with addiction, like it it, it at one point I was like, oh, youth ministry or you know, just some kind of outreach. I want to work with youth or I want to be a motivational speaker for youth or some kind of thing like that. And then eventually, as I grew and evolved, and especially with technology, you know, that the social media is now a thing. It wasn't a thing when I was a teenager at all, mm -hmm. you know. Um, like, you were lucky to have a cell phone, you know. Barely lucky to have one that, that text messaged, you know. <laughs> So, uh, do you it, remember text messaging yeah. championships? Well, no, here's, yeah, kind of, but here's the interesting thing is like, I was pretty much incarcerated from the age of like 12, 13, really like 14 to 25, oh my you know? So, uh, in and out, in and out, in and out. So I was like removed from like all the evolutions of things, you know, like I heard about them and I was like, Oh, I'll try that when I'm out. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. Right. So like my cell phone, like the first cell phone I got, like was after I was locked up for like 14 months or something like that. And this is like the most basic, cheapest do nothing phone. You like it, things like that. Like it wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't really exposed to the, to the, uh, the cultural, aspect of it Isn't more that so why they call it institutionalized i mean yeah i guess the point is that they really yeah. pull people out i don't know what your juvenile experience was like but they claim rehabilitation and i'm not sure that oh, they the, actually accomplish well the juvenile system especially oregon youth authority is completely fucking weird and fucked up and backwards and yeah. it's not it's like it's stupid um for example i just like they okay so i ran away from home when I was a middle schooler and we went and like, or no, I was 12, 13 and I'd run away, uh, just like for the night. Like I bounced out cause my, my parents were arguing and I'd left and I ran into some kids that I know that I'd hung out with and smoked some weed with a couple times. They're like a year older than me, but they were in front of a Bymart and they were like trying to break into the store. 
And I'm like this young kid and I just wanted to get along and have like tribe and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm like, oh, well, you guys are doing this wrong. You're trying to open this tiny little window. Like the front door is glass. Like you got a hammer, just break the glass and then you're in the store. Like, what's the deal? And so I helped them. <laughs> Spoken like an 11 year old. Well, yeah, I'm like, dude, like you guys are looking at this wrong. You're trying to do it. You got to simplify things, you know? And, uh. Like, I've always been, like, extremely rational, put it together, figure it out, like, let's just get it done kind of guy, you know? And uh, super impulsive and hyperactive, like, all over the place. And um, at I the was, time, I, I, I didn't... I was going to ask if that was that. Oh, was yeah, I was definitely diagnosed and medicated, and it sucked. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, the thing is, is that it, I, I, don't, I don't even take Tylenol or ibuprofen today because of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't. Ever since I was 18, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with medication. I got to figure out me I gotta learn to love myself and accept myself and grow from within like there's nothing else that's gonna be, allow me to change or grow or blossom and, and mature and like any kind of medication or chemical especially as a juvenile or a kid like it just stops all of the growth like the natural evolution of your mind and your growth and your emotional anything like if you, like childhood depression like, what are you talking about? Unless it's like a suicidal, manic, like, serious brain chemistry imbalance. Like, don't medicate a kid, real. you know? And, like, And it's real. And yeah. depression, I mean, you know, I can't imagine what your school system was like in Eugene. But, I had a great school system. You know, even then, you know, people helping you with your education. I mean, what was that like for you when you were younger and you were dealing with, I'm in this sensory overwhelming environment. I've got 30 kids in my class and I can't help but move and touch things because my body wants to move. Yeah. I mean, how was that like for you? Um, I was in the principal's office a lot and it was never anything to do with schoolwork. It was all just like fidgeting or like behavior or I'd be asleep in class because my meds would keep me up too late, right. you know, and things like that. And I had a tolerance to them. So they didn't really affect me. Like during the day, I could almost like sleep through them. But at night, I'm like wide awake kind of oh, shit you had like the rebound effect yeah oh, God. yeah and so um it was very interesting it was definitely a struggle um i was in a spanish immersion school too so oh, like yeah. half the day was in spanish half was in english um it eventually turned into like in middle school we had to remove me from the spanish immersion program just because I couldn't, like, I couldn't focus long enough. That so, must like, have been so, like, emotionally, like, even oh, more. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Like, we're like, oh, yeah, you're going to go to this other school and, like, all this stuff. And, and you know it's because of you and everyone's like, yes, even though. We'll yeah, but at the whole time, like, nobody was telling me I was a bad kid or anything. They're like, oh, it's okay. You know, well, we'll figure it out. And I'm like. We'll like ace all my better. tests you know what i mean like my mom gave me the the best opportunity uh that she could with the, the therapies and the alternative stuff that i was doing and um but you know i was just really rebellious i ended up breaking into this store and uh going back to just the organ yeah going to the going to the youth authority thing um and we got caught and i had like a couple instances like like a criminal mischief thing where like I kicked out a bus window with my rollerblade one time like not the actual bus but like a bus stop like a plexiglass thing I was just like screwing around and kicked it and it broke and cracked and a cop happened to be driving by at the same time and he saw it like and kind of thing it criminal and mischief. he's like oh I'm giving you a ticket where do you live I'm like a block from here like my house is right oh, there no. like Busted. you know or getting caught shoplifting like Hot Wheels cars and, sh and stuff you know yeah. like I'd 
it's just weird shit like with my mom and in the store and just like oh gosh kind of stuff you know um and then uh so i got put on probation after the burglary um when i was like 12 and i was on regular like juvenile county probation um and uh i had this po and like i was like a young teenager Mm-hmm. And I lived in Eugene, and I, I liked at that point, even that early, like I loved smoking weed. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to not smoke weed, um, especially because the medication they were trying to force me to take all the time, like, um, you know, the weed balanced me out. Like weed, the cannabis and me have always had a really awesome and great relationship, mm-hmm. you know? It, and um, it, it's like very healing plant oriented for me, you know, it's like... A, How does it help you now? Um, what's, what's the difference in your focus, ability, and uh, like, and your relationships with others? Um, well, just with cannabis in general, it like helps me, like I'm so over hyperactive. Like if you listen to the Elon Musk and Joe Rogan podcast and how he describes his brain and all the ideas and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how I am. And mm-hmm. so, um, and I'm super like hypersensitive normally, like, like I feel the energy of somebody when they walk in into the building, you know what I mean? I'm like, Oh, there's more people out there. Like kind of thing. Like I feel the vibe change and, uh, I can't help but like listen to everything like kind of like Joey, yep. like I'm just there. Like I know what's, I like have to pay attention to everything all at once. It's mm-hmm. like when I take LSD, it's like, I can't focus on anything on that shit. Like, it's right. like, I have to try to, I, I, I have a very interesting time on it. Cause like, I can't help, but like everything is wanting me to focus on it. Like everything is there. And I'm like, uh, it's Talk everything. I don't know what to do. It's everything, you know? <laughs> Like, what do I do? This is everything. I can't, you know? It's like overwhelming you are, almost. You already have filter issues. Yeah. You don't need any Right, anymore. and so with the cannabis, it allows me to just, like, take a step back almost. Um, not not dumb it down by any means, but, like, I get clarity and awareness. And, like, mm-hmm. self-awareness is the biggest thing that I get from cannabis. Okay. Like, it makes me highly, like, I'm like, oh, I'm feeling these things because of this. Like so I can see it. Oh, you, how's it's, your spatial awareness? Have you ever been tested? I have no idea. Um, it is a very interesting process. Um, you'll have an occupational therapist. Can you can you explain spatial awareness to me? It's an it's an interesting area of occupational therapy where uh, your brain and your vestibular system are a little out of sync, or they're in sync in a different way than most people. Okay. So as a result. For people who have um, different um, vestibular issues, they feel like their body is always floating in space, that they're always needing deep pressure or compression to know where they are in space and Mm -hmm. time. They're constantly touching things, for example. Mm -hmm. And so folks who have that, interestingly enough, can have the flip of being incredibly gifted at certain balance and acrobatics, even though their Mm -hmm. balance is off. They're excellent at being cats, for example. Dude, uh, so that a, makes so much sense. Like, I, yeah. I okay, so I'm a yep. classic fidgeter, mm-hmm. and I'm always like, when I'm walking by like plants and things like that, I gotta grab a leaf off and like hold it and mm-hmm. touch it, and uh, and I'm also like seemingly like a walking and like standing like. I can't skateboard. I mean, I can skateboard. I just like can't get around the through the air 
tricking and stuff like that, but like I can do some crazy weird like balancing poses and like acrobatic type stuff and I'm very agile like climbing and things like that that is it's it's counter and it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but I on the, I don't feel like I'm I got the greatest coordination, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. okay. I do. I do and that happens. So that makes you'll, sense. You'll see that a lot with people who may have um, ADD, if you will, and really what they have is a vestibular system that is slower, so they experience the world faster, uh, or they, 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 they experience things, it's more slowed down for them, but to us, we see them moving really quickly. They're always yeah. grabbing quickly before you can stop. And, and it's fun to watch people who, if you recognize that that person has that, you can almost always anticipate them but if you don't know that, yeah, they seem fat. Like you can't. You're always saying that kid was too fast. They literally darted out before I could do anything. Or how did you get that so fast? Or you know, they're the ones who reach for the food before asking, and you're always the parent going, "They grabbed it faster than I could correct them." Right. That's the kid. that was me. And and then of course the deep compression. You know, crushing. Bouncing into people, mm -hmm. throwing your body into things. Oftentimes, it's another sign of somebody who's got that different vestibular system. Yeah. So it's a superpower in one ways, but if you don't know it and you don't know how to shut it off, <laughs> right. then, you're, so then that, you're the kid that's always crashing, <coughs> hitting, bouncing, mm -hmm. grabbing. And yeah, you were going to grab the Hot Wheels. You weren't meaning to steal it. It was just, I got to grab that. Yeah. You know? I want that. I want, I yeah. want that. Yes. Yeah. That's, and that's an executive issue, but that's another right. conversation. So yeah, I, I like a, I grew out a lot of the impulsivity things, like uh, with movements and stuff, but definitely relate with the the hyper fast motions and like 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 why is this taking so long? Kind of feeling all the time, like all the fucking time, and I'm like constantly on the verge of being bored with everything. Mm -hmm. You know, unless it's like something that's interesting, you know, or like a conversation that we're having and, and, uh, you like know, that. yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's quite interesting to me, like the evolution of the, the way that I've coped with said diagnosis or whatever, you know, and, um, or your skill sets, had you thought of it that way? Yeah, mm, definitely. So tell me about what your skill sets are in that term. In uh, the terms of my ADHD, yeah. What is what is the good thing? Um, like hyper awareness and cognition, like especially like mm. uh, like I always hated homework because like the repetition of something that I already knew seemed fucking pointless. Uh, excuse my language, you know. However, you I aced up? all my tests. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I took my GED at 16 and had like really high scores like almost perfect scores in a couple of them you know so it's like it's like uh like i'm smart and uh i am able to figure things out really fast and in a book sense like an educational like bookwormy t sense but also in like a actual and practical and mechanical sense too like uh if w you knew about cars and we were to go out there and I didn't know something about one thing you could start to describe the way that it was working and what needed to be done and I'd be able to finish your sentence by the time it was over and like 
continue to figure it out and put it together just based off like the preliminary evidence of what would need to be done to it you know it's like the detective like instant like cognition of what's going on is like a such a blessing but it's also weird because it affects me conversationally um or like for example if me and my brother and another person are talking and my brother is talking um to them or my brother is trying to like uh pontificate about some ideas that he has mm. you know like i tend to like it's something that i'm working on actively now but i tend to like i'll, I'll like finish his sentence for him and things like that and he's just like yeah i guess you know what i mean he gets frustrated <laughs> he's like i can't fucking finish my sentence though like i get that you get it bro but calm down kind of thing and uh that's been interesting to learn and try to work around it's like the thing that i'm tackling now it's cool i'm having fun sorry with the that. little girls are really cute no it's amazing <laughs> it's, it's so, so awesome <laughs> um yeah i'm not even sure what they did but i just had my squirrel moment there going hey what pickles oh yeah <laughs> oh and i can't hear them as well as you can because i have the headphones on. oh it's very distracting i'm having a difficult time right now because <laughs> do you <coughs> like pickles <laughs> I love pickles. What kind of pickles? Is that do the you next like? question? I guess it is because you're um, pickles. I like dill. Dill Large pickles. Large wedges or kosher dill whole. Kosher dill whole. I like biting the pickles. <laughs> Whatever you know, crunch. I like a little crunchy pickle. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I don't like them if they're uh, like soggy yeah. too much. So like the really big ones kind of i'm okay with that i hate cucumbers so the fact that i love pickles <laughs> is interesting i think it's the vinegar it's it's vinegar salt vinegar salt any, yeah any umami oh, um, wait, do you like them when they're cured in a brine though yeah, yeah definitely those are awesome oh um God, i, I like, like i like pickled things like pickled vegetables Isn't Portland especially great for that i mean have you had a chance to try yeah out i've been to a couple places there's this new taco spot down here called char or whatever joey mm. was talking about and um the reason that i really like it is because i absolutely hate fresh tomatoes i just the texture everything the feeling that combined with the watery almost taste of it like I just can't do it. I can do a cherry uh, a time or two, like a little tiny cherry one. I can pop that and eat it, but like I'll I'll puke in my mouth, just the texture of it. I don't know. It's a thing. It's wow. like the only food thing that I've really actually hung on to that I don't like is fresh tomatoes. Like I'll eat pretty much anything else now. Like I, I Bourdain. Was that, a, was that a problem when you were a kid? Uh, I was kind of picky. Like I didn't do onions. I didn't do tomatoes. Texture? Um, that's about it. No, onions, it was like a flavor thing. Oh, yeah. And it, then onions are understandable. But what's crazy is that as I got older, um, I can eat an onion like an apple now. Like, I don't care. I'm just like, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> it's got such great flavor. And I think it's because I, I've smoked for so many years. Mm. So probably I have some, some taste bud issues. So it takes like something intense to stimulate it. Like, I love spicy food too, you oh, know? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I don't know who doesn't, but... Oh, there are people who I, don't. It's yeah. weird. I don't understand them either. Um, I think... Are they are they aliens? I'm yeah. convinced of that. Or they're clones. They, 
Mayonnaise. They're, what is no, that? No, they're reptilians. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just playing. Let's not get on some Alex Jones type shit. Um, anyway, uh, so the char place over here. Awesome and char. the reason that I love them is because I go in there and I notice on their taco thing, there's no tomatoes. They give you like pickled pickled uh, radishes and onions on yes. it. I'm like, amazing. This is that great. Is it's it? like slimy, crunchy, perfect, it, pickled. And there's pickles. And it's pickled. We just came right back to pickles. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. It, that's, you got this podcast thing down. I, I, think, I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Um, well, with this ADD part, don't you think that podcasting feels like a natural fit for you in some way? I do. Um, however, the the reason that the, the platform in this podcast is so great for me, mm-hmm. right, and for the world, is because uh, I am a horrible interviewer. Like, I'll talk over you, cut you off, and I'm way too opinionated for that shit. Uh, <laughs> I may be interested in what you're talking about, and, and I really feel like it, it's it's some beauty. These kids are amazing. <laughs> it's so um, refreshing. It's, <laughs> I, I really feel like there's a beauty in the art form of doing the reverse podcast, especially for me, because when I do have people and influencers and people that are like I highly respected and uh, like I envision wanting to have Paul Stamets on my podcast. Oh, I love Paul um, Stamets. And work. so he I doesn't show you my pic- mushroom picture. Yeah. Oh, I, so I, I also when we can talk through- further. I'm also a, a, a I love I'm a mycophile. Yeah. As well. And so um, I I currently microdose and I have I make lion's mane capsules and um, we're actually planning on um, doing a medicinal mushroom patch on our property. And then I've also been cutting a bunch of trails on our farm um, so that we can have like like pathways and mushroom walks and stuff like that. So is this a family farm of yours? Yeah, it's my brother and his lady, my brother, Mm -hmm. Marvellis, Kirk Bushek and his, uh, my soon-to-be sister-in-law, his lady, Emily Turner, um, th- we have 68 acres in Applegate Valley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's oh great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so you get to, do you have your own, like, unit on the property? Or no, do no, you no, share no. I don't live there. Mm-hmm. I live three miles down the road in my own little cabin that I rent. And, Perfect. Uh, but I'm the farm, uh, I guess, crew leader or foreman. Yep. Um, so I do... Uh, a little bit of a lot of things there you know mm-hmm. I, I i do i i do i can pretty much slide into every role except the owner mm-hmm. you know uh, at any time but i'm like i'm kind of like uh, my brother likes to call me the muscle you know <laughs> so and uh i love operating the power tools and stuff like that so i'm out there i'm the guy that like i want to use the weed whacker and you know like last year uh because of my my handiness with the weed whacker blade and stuff like i was the guy that harvested like cut down most all of our our 2700 plants that we had you know so um yeah it's pretty exciting i love working with uh hemp and and just the cannabis plant in general it's like it's it's the greatest gift it's like allowed me to come full circle back to oregon and just continue on my path of growth and i wake up every day and i treat it like it's the the best day of my life because it is because it's the only one that i have um like right now this moment it's all that we have i live in in complete like try try to stay completely in the now and i don't carry a lot of emotional baggage because of that 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have to have hold on to of... things. You know, it's like there's nothing, there's no point in holding on to it and letting it weigh you down. You know, like uh, it can motivate you for growth and change. Like use it as upon reflection. But the past is the fucking past. You know, mm-hmm. like we can't change anything that happened. You know, so if but we, I wonder about how you change your story about what happened and how how that has impacted your life. Right, that's my current perception of mm. of, uh, and so I I I understand what you're saying, and this is why like my the the idea for the podcast also is going to be cool because my answer to the same question is going to change every time I answer it, mm-hmm. be, because my perception and and of my experience and what my understanding of this moment is based Mm -hmm. off of everything that's happened and my understanding of what happened uh is constantly evolving Mm -hmm. you know as i grow so does my understanding of the past Mm -hmm. so if that makes sense like as i grow my understanding of the past uh increases therefore my my description and my memories about what happened are going to evolve into uh, a more genuine and, and real version of like more raw I, I would assume like as I grow I'll be able to take away all the fictitious and um, subjective uh, things that we put onto those experiences and just get down to like what really happened you know it's like the Sufi parable about the farmer mm-hmm. have you heard that uh, tell me I, I don't know if it's good or if it's bad let's hear it so um I had recorded this earlier as a monologue because it's a great story, um, and I'll give you the abridged version. This guy has a horse. It's majestic as fuck, you know? And uh, the king comes to the village and sees this guy's this farmer's horse, and he's like, whoa, this horse is amazing. I want to give you a bunch of gold, way too much gold for the horse. And the guy's like, no, you know, I'm good. And the king's like, what? And leaves. And the villagers kind of look at this guy like, this guy's a dummy, you know? Um, and then the horse runs away. And so the villagers come up to the farmer and they're like, oh man, what bad luck you have. You know, look, not only are you stupid and didn't sell your horse, but the horse ran away and now you have nothing. And uh, the farmer replies to him, he's like, I don't know if it's bad. I just know that I had a horse and now I don't, you know, but I got a farm and that's all there is. Like, I don't know if it's bad. And then uh, two days later, the horse comes back and it brings with it eight more majestic horses, you know? And so the villagers run up to the farmer and they're like, oh my God, you were right. It wasn't bad. It was so good. Look, your luck. You got all these horses now. And uh, the farmer looks at him and he's like kind of confused and he's like, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. I know that I had a horse. It ran away and it came back and brought me eight more horses which i now gotta feed (laughs) yeah which i now gotta feed and take care of and figure out it's just that's what happened yep you're right that's what happened but i wouldn't call it good i wouldn't call it bad (laughs) it just is and then uh so a couple days later his his son's out there doing what you know uh horse ranchers do and trying to break the horse and all this stuff you know and uh, gets bucked pretty hard and breaks both his legs. Wow. So the villagers come out, they're like, oh man, how right you and wise you are, dude. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't good. This was horrible. This is bad. Uh, look, your son broke both his legs. And he's like, I don't know if it's bad. He's like, my son's alive and I have eight horses. That's what I know, you know? And, uh, and then like a couple weeks go by and 
the villagers are like, dude, this dude is insane. He doesn't he doesn't live in reality, man. He lives in this fictitious bullshit world, you know? <laughs> They're like, that's not it's not that easy. It's not that simple, you know? Like these are huge events and he's not affected, you know? He's like, okay, cool. <laughs> cool story. And then uh the king comes back through the village and he's recruiting all the young men for like able-bodied men to go to this senseless war and pretty much get slaughtered, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's going like house to house and farm to farm and like, hey, all your sons and, you know, teenage and able-bodied men, we need you for war. And he gets to the farmer's house and he's got these majestic horses and his son's there like hobbled up in the wheelchair and uh, he can't take his son to war, you know? And so all the villagers see this. All their kids are gone. They're gone basically to their death. They're like, oh, our village is going to die, you know? Mm. But they look at the farmer and they're like, oh, your son, man, your legacy. And they go up to him. They're like, what amazing luck this is, you know? Like, your son doesn't have to go die for the king pointlessly. And uh, he just simply replies. He's like, I don't know if it's good or if it's bad. I know that my son's here and he doesn't have to die for the king. You know, and the story just goes on like repetitively throughout life. Like, you know, like things just happen and they're going to continue to happen, whether we call them like a good event or a bad event or like or give the event a bunch of power over our emotional state. And like, oh, man, like rip my clothes off mourning because my fucking horse ran away or something Mm -hmm. like no, like, why don't I just accept that it's gone and figure out what I'm doing now, you know? And uh, th- I love that philosophy. It's like my brother introduced me to that that uh, thing by way of this movie about Bill Murray that he watched called the si- Bill Murray Sightings. Bill Murray is amazing. Yeah, and there's a Netflix show you so should fun. watch called Bill, Bill Murray, Murray Sightings. Sightings. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's a documentary about a guy who tries to make a documentary about Bill Murray and like how crazy that is. (laughs) And then it gets, it's really good. And then, uh, it's funny because Bill Murray lives his life, like constant improv, always in the now, like there's nothing else, but right now let's make the best of it. Like the, and he, they tell this, the Tao of Bill Murray and the story of the farmer are like along the same guidelines. It's like the same, it's the same end story, you know, like you take action on what you can do. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing else but what we can do, you know? And uh, always jump into somebody's wedding at any point and give the groom a toast. Yes. Uh, no, there's more than that. He, he does. does uh, dude, he so washes dishes at house parties that's so cool <laughs> he he will randomly especially in south carolina I, I mean we'll talk about bill murray for a second because he's yeah, he's so he he likes the local uh this town in south carolina i can't remember it off the hand uh-huh. um but like he has been known to like crash house parties or like a friend of a friend of a friend will know who he is and then like hear that there's some dinner party and he'll just like oh i'm gonna come and just show up and like people like regular people will be there and they're like this is bill fucking murray and he's like (laughs) and he's a total partier like coolest guy in the room he'll cook dinner with you seeing like there's videos of him where he started at this house party they started a um a uh like just everybody sing along kind of thing um like 
bands happen. He's just like a, a real class act, genuine human being. And it's interesting. Bill Murray is so interesting to me because if you look at his generation of comedians and his tribe specifically that he grew up with, like three quarters of them are dead from overdoses mm -hmm. and, and addiction related health issues. Or, or, you know, just lifestyle issues, whether it's alcohol or whatever. And and for whatever reason, he's had the the innate ability to maneuver through that and continue to be this genuine, like, he doesn't have a fucking phone. What? Yeah, I did not know the this. The only way you can get a hold of him is you leave a message on this answering service. And his secretary might give him the message and you might get a call back. He doesn't have a staff. No, he doesn't have a secretary. He doesn't have a staff. He doesn't have a manager. He doesn't have any agent or anything like that. Like the way they got him for Lost in Translation, like there's a crazy story about I that. I want to hear How that. she searched and searched and searched. It was like waiting for the opportunity. And then it was like once they had connected and like they went to go film and they were like waiting on the hope that because Bill Murray said yes and he was just supposed to show up for, for <laughs> filming. Like, they didn't know if he was going to come or anything because nobody had talked to him. Like, wow. they, they just heard that, yeah, he would do it. And so they were just, like, waiting. Like, it's it's a very you, – you'll see a little bit about it on Bill Murray sightings. Um, I'm looking forward I, to seeing I don't want to botch the story up okay. and, I, and misinform, so I don't want to go too deep about that part of it. But that's, like, legit – like, they had troubles even finding him. What? And recruiting, and the lady like basically wrote the movie, like and had him in mind as for the character, you know. So it's just a. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he's he's a class act, and he has a very interesting mantra. And I try to, I think that that's it's good to look at things like that, um, you know. And, and that's the only way that we can secure our future being happy. It seems to be coming together for you isn't it it's working yeah i'm i'm right at the like this is this podcast is like the culmination of like oh yeah here this is what i'm doing for now I don't, well yeah I i'm don't also the, end, i'm also right? a farmer no it's a constant evolution and growth but it's like that this is like like oh wow i made it back and finally like yeah, this is what I'm on this planet to start doing. These kids are great. I can't keep a straight face. Right no, it's now. good. It's good. I think that that's that's a perfect perfect spot to maybe wrap it up a little bit. Well, if you yeah. have any question for me, let me I should turn the table on you. Oh for yeah. A second. Okay. Uh, anything you want to ask? Anything? Um, how do you know Joey and uh, about Dandyland and this place? I my life is full of wonderful connections and through <coughs> friends me. who um, had been working with my son who is um, he has autism he's disabled mm -hmm. and he's nonverbal well technically oh wait is this uh, Z Z I I love his music yes and his video like it's fucking amazing dude he is he is he is amazing a great animator and is Denali his sister oh dude your kids are. Those amazing are those are my kids yeah amazing yeah okay that's great. all i just that's i had all. to let you know that no they are okay and I so i agree more they're wonderful mm -hmm. human beings and i'm really lucky to have them in my life so you you know joey through through i know joey through um complimentary colors you've heard their bands so um uh camille 
at the time was single, and she worked with my son for about a year and a mm-hmm. half. And she knew of this musician who uh, was on the spectrum also, and that he'd be a really good fit for my son. Awesome. Who needed a new way to be able to express uh-huh. himself. And I couldn't have agreed more. The moment I met Joey, I knew it was great. Yeah. And since then, our relationship has evolved. So That's um, great. We have family music Fridays, every Friday. So you're absolutely oh, welcome man. to join us. We're also hosting some of the Dandyland summer parties at our properties. I'll so try to maybe figure it out. I do I'd work that. I do work year year like basically summer is it's a busy kind time of a slow guys, time. Well it? like it's it's pretty much nonstop from like right about now until uh I mean shit December. Well, pay, well just know it <laughs> up until Joey has to change the schedule. We have family music Fridays every Friday, mm-hmm. um, other than a vacation or two. Okay. And it's at our house from five to nine. There's pizza. Nice. Uh, there's soda. And basically what we do is we come away with a song. Um, on our last family music Friday, which um, had my brother and my sister-in-law, they came in from um, Alaska. Uh-huh. And our mutual friends, who, mm-hmm. who we haven't seen in a while, we all gathered around. So it was adults versus kids. And of course, the kids came up with the best song because it was, you know, poopy pants song. It was the best. <laughs> they win, um, and we all had a great time. That's amazing. So it, it's a lovely time to be. Oh, that's where he friends. was on Friday. That's where he is on Fridays. Yep. It, because I was coming into town on Friday. Yep, that's what he said too. So, yeah. So he he uh, was very excited to make oh, sure that you were going to be me. here. Um, that's and awesome. He was going to be here on time, so we made it work really well. Great. I'm yeah. super excited. That's yes, cool. Um, well, it. It was a pleasure to meet you and is a pleasure to know you. And uh, I feel blessed by that interaction. And I'm super grateful that you got to interview me. Interview. Interview. Meow. Meow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think it'll be good. Hopefully I can. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, take a look at my my own page. You've got Phase Studios on there. Yeah, you can shout it out. Oh, Phase Studios on Instagram, um, where I throw out um, occasional random bits and jewelry. Nice. Phase Studios came out of me understanding my own phases in life. And and of course, it it came about during the, the wonderful eclipse that we had. Awesome. So Phase Studios was born, and I do kind of everything with it. I think right now, bearded gay men in Australia are my biggest fans. Bearded gay men in Australia. Of course. That's amazing. <laughs> it's like it's like if you made an Etsy, who would buy your stuff most kind of thing. Oh, well, definitely women between their 30s and 50s for sure. And bearded gay man from Australia. That would be an amazing podcast is to try to get in touch with some of your customers. I can't and, wait. And I then you can to. then you can like phone interview Let them you, or Melbourne have them phone interview like, you. Uh, well, phone what? interview? I want to go to Melbourne. Well, yeah. Happy. Yeah. I want to be there in those clubs. Yeah. That's, I mean, bearded men with tutus and makeup. I would be happier. <laughs> I know a bearded man that wears a tutu and makeup sometimes. Maybe he can connect us. I think you probably know him as well. He probably follows my work. You probably know. It's him. the chickens. He's they one of really Joey's good chickens. good friends. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Excellent. He's uh but he's not gay. Well, of course not. But he definitely wears women's clothes and makeup. And they're comfortable. I, yeah. You know, friend, I was kind of jealous that he would just around your private. And he it's pulls it off. La- Laz <laughs> pulls it off. He of he's great at it. I'm just like this is impressive. <laughs> he's like, "What? Oh, yeah, that lighter it's in my purse." <laughs> it's in, in my, my purse, purse bro. <laughs> 
I'm like, good. Okay. <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's like I was, uh, I mean, we'll wrap this up in a second. I want to tell you another little funny thing. I, so earlier, good. I was trying to do these monologues and I was like, it's like, well, what am I going to do? Uh, okay. So I'm going to go because I saw my buddy answered those like weird Facebook questions like, uh, which you prefer texting or phone calls and there's like these <laughs> facebook questions that you can answer and like post on your page and i was like i'm gonna I could... guess you're myers-briggs right now you're an entp what's that look up myers-briggs okay and uh personality trait profiles don't know how scientific it really is anymore but yeah you you definitely would be an entp okay well there thank you, you. anytime and uh, so i uh i was looking at it what was i just talking about <laughs> we're just wrapping up yeah oh yeah 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 so i was uh yeah we were wrap oh yeah so i was like i was gonna answer questions from facebook yes. i was like i'll just answer these on my podcast and read them and um one of the questions was oh yeah this is i'm totally brain farting i think we're done we are done I, we're High totally five. done i can't even remember Woo! all right cool we did the interview. awesome all right. Thanks for letting me interview you. Thanks it for really fun. interviewing me. I appreciate it. Anytime. All right, bye. I'd like to thank you guys for joining us today on the Inside Outcast. It's been a pleasure sharing with you. If you want to hear more, make sure you click that subscribe button on your favorite podcast provider. You can find me on social media. The podcast is at Inside Outcast on Instagram. Also, Inside Outcast on YouTube. As well as my personal Instagram, The Alchemist, like the bird. You better follow Owl House Farms, too. I love you. <laughs>